Hey guys, welcome back to Investing Should Be Easy. I'm your host, Alex Richwagon, author of a few different books, most notably Investing Should Be Easy. It's been a little while. I know I go on small hiatus and always apologize for it. And um, frankly, I always blame it on my kids because um, they're just little bundles of joy and you spend a lot of time with them and a lot of your effort and a lot of your thinking, everything else gets devoted to them. So want to get started on the podcast and uh, get this thing going again. So today's show is going to be um, relatively straightforward show. We're going to talk about a little bit of state of the economy and two investments that um, where I'm putting my money in and I figure as a good analyst, you should sometimes you want to back up your own research with what you're what you're doing because if you don't have any skin in the game, how good are you as far as that? So that's what today's show is going to be about, and we're going to get started in three, two, one, let's go. Hey guys, so we talked about on the top of the show what today's show is going to be about and a little bit about economy review and then as well as a couple investments of what I'm doing with the money and what do you, we're nearing a lot of indicators from a macro and economic standpoint that point to recession within 12 months. Recession isn't in the world. I've talked about this on a previous show. Recession definition is GDP, um, gross domestic product, um, drops two quarters in a row. So you're talking about six months of our gross domestic product not growing. Is that sound like the end of the world? Is that something that's going to last years and years? No. It's a short-term thing that could have a correction. and You might be able to buy some of your favorite names. I've got my list. That could also mean nothing. I mean, if you're in a defensive category, defensive meaning um, stocks that stand up to regardless of what the economy's doing, that's that's what I'm thinking about right now. Classic defensive companies, and for the longest time, have been like um, gasoline, tobacco companies, things that doesn't matter what the economy's doing, they still produce um, high volume sales. So. Again, there are some fluctuations. We're going into fourth quarter. Traditionally, from a um, historical standpoint, September, October are kind of down months. So that's another reason why a couple of the, the picks that I want to talk about, um, that I've talked about in previous shows, that that's what we're going to be focused on. And then, and then November, December, all the way through January, you get what they call as a Santa rally. And the Santa Rally and Black Friday kind of partner together. That's where a lot of retail companies start to shift all of their, um, they being in the red for the entire year, into the black, meaning they're profitable because they're selling out a lot of their inventory. I remember previous show we had talked about, I think this was like back in March, we had seen an over um, extended inventory and in companies like Home Depot and Amazon and how they might start flooding the market with some really good deals because they got a whole bunch of inventory that also 
coincided with um, tax returns being a little bit less, the economy in flux, and you could start seeing some of that stuff coming online, which again would give your end retailer some more money to spend and also really good deals that people just won't be able to turn up a refrigerator that normally goes for $1,200, $1,500 at $500, $700. My neighbor, boots on the ground, um, just told me about a $1,400 refrigerator that was marked down to $700 recently. And it looked, you're talking about a brand new one. So that's kind of stuff that could be happening right now. So circle back. There's a lot of pieces, again, that touch the economy there that I hit on is possible recession, what to do, how to react, and this show's not about selling headlines. It's to give you good information around what am I doing, what am I thinking about, and how am I adjusting my portfolio, my family, to withstand any kind of movement in the market that right now we've been in this huge growth cycle it's had some trepidations. It's had some issues because of the whole political uh, geopolitical landscape. And every time you've got trade wars, trade tensions, um, tariffs that get mentioned, stock market moves. I'm currently studying how to be a better, because I'm traditionally a fundamental analyst. means I look at a lot of ratios and the income statements, the balance sheets on companies to make my decisions. But... Given the state of the economy and what's going on, I'm looking at how to be a stronger technical trader as well, which gets into head and shoulders. Our former guest, Kobe, talks about this all the time around different levels of moving averages, um, highs and lows over a trading period of time where you're trading more on patterns and charts than you are fundamental analysis. So... With all that said and an influx, um, I'm drifting more towards stability and the ability to get some dividend yield and as well as um, safety, low risk, um, low beta, which is, you know, you want to adjust your, your way of thinking. You want to adjust your investment portfolio, your philosophy to match what's going on in the industry. My dad used to always teach me, um, who was a great influence on investing, should be easy, the book, about how to think six months out. Try to predict the future, what's gonna happen in the next six months, and then prepare your portfolio accordingly. Um, and as well as you know, your family, your lifestyle, your the health of your economic um, situation. And so that's what I'm thinking about right now, is like what's gonna happen in six months and what's gonna hold up um, relatively well. So the two different positions that um, I would recommend in the present time, and again, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm investing these same ones, and this is where all my new money goes. New money meaning if, um, let's say I have a portfolio of $50,000, and it's already invested. I've got my positions set up. Any new money that comes into my account, so if I invest in $1,000 this month, that's new money. So that new money is the only money that's going to go into these new investments that I'm talking about. And it could be existing investments, but again, it's where do I put new monies that's opening, that's entering into the market. And the first one I've talked about on a previous show, I think I've talked about both of them, but I really want to concentrate on just the two. They're both ETFs, um, exchange-traded funds, which are a basket of stocks, 
mirror mutual funds. The first one is um, DGRO, and both of these are on the Fidelity platform. I don't work for Fidelity. I don't have any affiliation with Fidelity. I just use their services. I think their platform's great. They provide great research and trading services that uh, I find really helpful. And also, if you trade on Fidelity's um, ETFs, you trade commission-free. So you're not even paying any kind of spread or anything else, um, which is really good. No um, no commissions, no, no uh, trading fees either, which is great. So again, DGRO, which is um, an iShares core dividend growth. Um, let me make that into English. It's a large cap basket of large cap ET, um, companies that concentrate on dividend growth. The yield payout um, is around two and a quarter percent. Um, yield meaning the dividend ratio. Uh, you're getting a two and a half, two and a quarter percent bump. And then a lot of the companies that are in here are companies that you'd recognize really easily, and they've got a um, really strong track record. And what what's great about an ETF like this is they'll replace companies if they're not performing well. So traditionally, some of the criteria in some of these um, ETFs is have they paid out dividend for five to ten plus years? Have they been growing their dividend? That's the kind of stuff. They're like capital appreciation funds. Some of the key holdings that are in the account, um, Apple, Microsoft, J.P. Morgan Chase, Verizon, um, Wells Fargo, Procter & Gamble, Johnson Johnson, Home Depot, uh, Chevron. This, all companies that you've heard of, they're all like, oh yeah, I, I know what those companies do, um, at least at a high level. I know they're all profitable. They've been around for a long time. They seems like they're healthy companies. Even if you didn't go inside the numbers and look at the fundamental analysis, which is what I like to do, you can look at that and go, "Wow, that that's some easy, from easy, pretty one, easy, pretty um, couple of companies that I can get behind in." Its performance are um, they're up twenty percent year to date, which is great um, year to date, and then in a fifty-two week um, period total returns, it's up over ten uh, percent because you got to take in that lull that happened um, at the end of twenty. 18 where the stock market um, did tank for a little bit. So again, uh, above, you know, about 9% return um, in, in a uh, total year standpoint. And then just year to date, you're up over 20%, which is really fantastic. And this isn't one of those ones that you want to try to time the market. Neither one of these stock ETFs are. They're just simple, easy ETFs that you just consistently want to put money into on a monthly basis. Don't really worry about the timing. Um, kind of one of those set it and forget it, Ronco, the old uh, toaster oven that you <laughs> you would advertise the food that you just kind of set it and forget it 20 minutes, and then boom, piping hot. Um, I remember his commercial so well. He did such a good job advertising. But anywho, DGRO, um, it's a large cap uh, dividend growth ETF, and I really like it. It's an easy one um, that you can pick up in your portfolio, put new money into, and this is a good one for any, you know, to put new monies in there for the next year plus, um, and it's something that should be like a, um, a bedrock or in yours, I reference in book, um, in the, in, in investing should be easy, would be um, the fort and how you build your fort. Like you don't take chances with the fort. You just kind of build around the fort. And then your chances are the stocks that you're like, oh, I really like this idea. I want to put a couple thousand dollars behind it because I think it could grow 10 times, 100 times over a, a 
long period of time. Um, this is one that's going to grow very slowly. It's going to, it's not going to be too risky. Um, it'll pay you a dividend and also will give you a nice return as well that you won't have to worry about. The second position for new monies again, and, um, it's a, it's in a sector that's been performing fantastic, um, this year is, uh, in real estate. Um, it's real estate investment trust. Um, stock symbol is, uh, F-R-E-L, and that's a real estate index ETF. And what's great about this fund, uh, among other things, it pays almost a 4.5% dividend. That if, if you're familiar with real estate investment trusts, they have to, by law, pay out over 90% of their profits by dividend. They have to. It's, it's, it's with their what's going on. They also get the appreciation of the land, what's going on there. Um, but... Four and a half percent yield. That's a great starting point. The um, the position itself year to date is up over twenty six percent, and in a year standpoint, um, around sixteen percent. Um, so again, really good return that you're talking right here. Very safe. Um, beta is definitely low. Beta is a measure of risk on what's how does it measure against the overall market? So risk of beta is a 1.0. And if you're over one, it's higher risk. And if you're under one, it's lower risk. This and DGRO, definitely under one as far as um, from a beta standpoint. And I'm not really going to talk about the companies that are inside their top holdings because these are they're conglomerates that own a lot of land that pe that people have to pay them rent constantly, and you it likely wouldn't know a lot of these items. A few of them maybe like Simon Property, um, public storage. A lot of people use public storage to rent um, to put stuff in, and they pay a monthly rent. That's how um, a real estate investment trust works. That's how they're that's how they make their money is that constant return. So those are the two. Um, without going too far into detail, that are easy pickups on your portfolio as far as something that's short-term short, short -term versus long-term. Um, you could put this over the next um, 12 months. Only new monies. Um, this is where I'm sticking my new monies into. Is It's very safe, low risk, pays a dividend, which is guaranteed money on a quarterly basis that you can reinvest right into your portfolio. And... You're not really going to have to think about it too much. You're not going to worry about the headlines. You're not going to worry about the risk. You're not going to worry about all the things that the news cycle gets you all caught up in. Only thing you have to worry about is just, eh, I can just put money into this account and I'm not going to have to worry about it going forward. So, which is not a whole lot to think about. So, that's today's show is how to look forward at possible hiccups in the market. On the, and again, there's going to be a lot of pundits that want to tell you to take money out of the market and whatnot. I don't think you're going to earn anything. Um, dividends at least are going to be safe. They're going to let you earn some money on your account and as well give you a nice little cushion. So those are the recommendations today is um, DR, DGRO and F, FREL. And those are the two that I would um, stick to and go to. If you have any questions or comments, um, please go ahead and send me an email at um, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex richwagon at gmail.com. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you next week. Okay? Have a good one. Bye, guys. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. 
Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.